Welcome to the podcast of tomorrow, a future Emma podcast, where today we are discussing season three, episode 10, The Luck of the Friarish. And joining me as always is Alex Hans. I'm Lindsay Wilson. I didn't say that part. Alex Hans also is here. People know. People know. <laughs> they don't who know we by are, now. What are you probably. doing? Write in if this is your first episode. There's oh, well, actually, this episode could legitimately be someone's first episode. It's like I feel like this is, you know, top 10, certainly most iconic Futurama episodes. People might yes. have some slight interest of tuning in for this one. So we got to make it good. I one time listened to, okay, well, I'm already going to go on a tangent that no one cares about or can relate to, but I one time listened <laughs> yeah. to an episode of Urgent Care and they were like, if this is anyone's first episode, like you are a psychopath. And I was like, yeah, oh, this is my first episode. <laughs> <laughs> How unhinged are you with listening to podcasts? My most unhinged podcast listening moments was way back with the Lost podcast in like 2009 of, I would listen to the Darmalars like over and over and over again, like probably listen to those episodes like 20, 30 times. It was just a random lost podcast that I loved. But are you, have you ever gone like full psycho mode on a podcast of doing behavior that is like not healthy? Yeah. So much, like, I don't even know how to identify it as unhealthy. It's just like the way I live my <laughs> life. Yes. I re listen to podcasts a lot, which I think is unusual probably mm-hmm. at one point. So the only the, the time when I realized what a sickness it was, I think, is listening to the Judge Sean Hodgman podcast, which has like 600 episodes. And when I got really into it, I was like, I'm just going to like work my way backwards and listen to a whole bunch yeah. of them. And I eventually was like, you know what? No. And and in fact, they say in one of the episodes, they're like, if you're someone who just discovered this and you're trying to listen to all of them, don't. What are you doing? Like, go yeah. touch grass. So yeah, so I don't do that. I'm not someone who's like, I can't have a single like unlistened to thing in the feed like there are lots of podcasts where I'm like I'm not interested in this one I'm not going to listen to it but there are definitely some where I'm like I must listen to all of them yeah I guess the binge mode I've gone back to and listened like multiple times but that really feels like a you know experience I think it's I think me listening to random episodes of the Dharma Lars in 2009 again and again and again was like more unhinged because it's like this is like a 30 minute very underproduced (laughs) but great show that is like (laughs) talking about random topical things from you know, June 10th, 2009. It's like, who cares? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I have listened to my dad wrote a porno like six times, which oh, is probably, yeah. I feel like it makes a little more sense. It's like watching a comedy show or something, but right. yeah, still, still not healthy behavior. The amount of content consumed in and of itself is a problem, but yeah. uh, now we're you've alienated our listeners who are <laughs> listening to our content. Yeah. I wonder if any of them obsessively listen to us. I, I, I'm flattered. My ego is big enough to say that. Sure. That'd be great. Do you think anyone has listened <laughs> to any episode uh, that we have created more than one time? I bet somebody <laughs> has. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll take it. Good. Good. Alex, we have been talking about these heartfelt episodes for a very, very long time. And we often cite this as an example of a heartfelt Futurama episode. And we are finally here. Now that it has happened, what did you think? Yes, I thought it was great. I even like forgot the like twist ending of mm-hmm. the statue being the nephew, I guess. Like I forgot all the details there. I, I kind of thought that Yancey was like changed his name to Honor Fry or something like that. So I forgot the the like actual touching moment detail and I found it very touching again. Yeah, I, I've said before, I like this more, or I way back when I first watched it, I liked this more than Jurassic Bark and... Uh, we'll see if that holds up. I, think. <laughs> I thought you just said Jurassic Park, and I was like, "Why are you mentioning that?" <laughs> Jurassic yeah. <laughs> Park. Yes, got it. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah. Dog Speaking of, yeah, compared this compared to Jurassic World <laughs> Lost Kingdom. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed this more. Yeah. 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 Sorry, I interrupted you. You like it better than Jurassic Park. Sorry, what else? I I lost track after that. <laughs> well, now I'm thinking of Jurassic World 2. Have you seen Jurassic World 2? <laughs> no, I only saw the first one. <laughs> The second one is really good. It's really, really crazy. It's like the stupidest thing you've ever seen, but like in a good way. Yeah. I, and I didn't bother seeing the third one, which I think is stupid in a bad way, but I recommend, I recommend <laughs> watching the second one. Uh, okay. The best part in the second one is that they do a illegal dinosaur auction. Where they're like <laughs> auctioning off the stuff. And it's like all of these big wigs are here. And I forget the exact number, but they auction off the dinosaur for like, two hundred thousand dollars and it's like you're right that's you're all. writing this movie you could like you could have just said it's ten million dollars yeah, like, like two hundred thousand dollars like yeah. i feel like, it, <laughs> yeah. I feel like people buying cars for that much <laughs> yeah exactly so oh uh, it's it's all good anyways yeah this episode i liked it a lot i think i mean that it's interesting watching these episodes as a cynical adult where none of these episodes are making me cry. None of these episodes are making me yeah. very verklempt. I think that this hit just as well as the uh, holophone in the mm-hmm. Parasites episode. Yeah, I think I think both of them are like really good. And yeah, all of these emotional episodes are, are holding up for me. What, what was your big picture take? Yeah, I really liked it. I have definitely seen this episode a bunch of times, but I feel like it didn't really stick. Like I remembered the twist ending. I remembered a lot of the kind of big plot points, but didn't remember whether it was funny really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I thought it, it worked really well. I also agree. I wasn't like weeping at the end, but definitely it hits. And I think they do a good job, especially with Fry and with the music, like the, the needle drop mm-hmm. at the end of Don't You Forget About Me. And obviously we'll get <laughs> into the specifics, but like playing that combined with the fact that they let Fry be teary eyed, I think that works mm-hmm. really well. And that's definitely the moment where I kind of like felt the most and it's supposed to be. But like, I think Leela too being like, give Fry a minute. Yeah, I think all that is really good. The one thing that I think surprised me a bit is I think like it comes so suddenly, like you don't it's so contentious all the way through up until the very last second. And and maybe that's like, it's supposed to hit you harder where it's like, no, actually here's what was going on. But I think I was a bit surprised to be like, Oh, there's like a minute left in this episode. We haven't, yeah, we haven't had anything, but (laughs) like Fry still actively hates his brother. And there's like 45 seconds left. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so you get it all in the last like 60 seconds of the episode, but, but no, I think, I think it works well. And it was, it was definitely a better all around episode than I thought it was where I think, in my youth, I didn't like this episode that much because I think I was like, yeah, it's like a sad brother episode. Uh, yeah. But I think it, I think there are good moments throughout. I think just like last week, I think it helps that there's like not a million people of the crew like running around and doing stuff. I think maybe my takeaway is, and especially with our take on how the West was one of being like way too full of characters is like, right. you got to purge like half of this cast. Like, or like, you know, it's interesting that The Simpsons doesn't have, or I feel like The Simpsons doesn't have this problem where it's like, there aren't episodes that feel too busy with The Simpsons. And maybe that's because it's like, oh, this is like, The Simpsons has a huge cast, but all of their episodes are very focused where it's like, this is a Skinner episode or this is a, you know, whoever episode. And I feel like more often than not, Futurama has too many characters and they don't get to focus really on any of them. And that like, as I was watching this episode, I was like, hit by like oh this is like an actual story about this character and there's like actual development through the story rather than just kind of like off the wall zaniness so so yeah we gotta like Thanos away half the (laughs) half the cast of Futurama that's my big take 
Yeah, it is remarkable that two weeks in a row we've been like, this works because we're not so distracted by half the cast. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's good. It's a good take. All right, let's jump into it. I think we have set the table sufficiently and not saying that just because I can smell dinner downstairs. <laughs> the yeah, Lindsay was uh, questioning whether she should have a like disgusting ASMR eating <laughs> dinner during this podcast. I was like, oh, that could be a segment. Yeah, no, Cam very kindly was like, oh, I forgot you were podcasting. Do you want me to bring you dinner? And I was like, I would love that. But also you cannot because yeah. this podcast Boop. already has few enough listeners. <laughs> Boop Corner brought to you by mouth noises. Yeah, we can't spare a single one, honestly. Um, Okay, so opening caption on this broadcast simultaneously one year in the future. Probably works better in streaming world where it's probably being broadcast in the future. That's true. What did like this must be a take on like broadcast simultaneously like in television or like whatever. Uh, Do you know what (laughs) do you know what like, you know, when like simulcast yes yeah, yeah that's exactly what i'm thinking of what yeah. what is that what do they mean what is simulcast <laughs> i feel like it when broadcasters send multiple transmissions of the same content concurrently via different media so maybe like radio and tv interesting i like uh, jeremy called us out of not knowing who icy spice was what's her name <laughs> ice spice <laughs> icy spice just uh, ice <laughs> I, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I like that we have no contemporary pop culture knowledge, and then also no historical <laughs> pop culture we knowledge. We're like, what is? Yeah, we don't. I know just anything. looked it up, we and Merriam-Webster says that it does refer to a radio and television simultaneous broadcast. So, nailed it okay. via context clue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God! All right, boop corner, Alex. What do you have? Boop, daddies. I have bopping somebody in a chimney. And I said that this is probably World War II related. It felt like this was like a propaganda film of some kind. Correct. Yes. I tried to read through the Wikipedia entry about this when I watched it on Monday, but I was very tired from working and I felt like I couldn't even concentrate on this like short (laughs) Wikipedia thing. So I was like, I'll just read it. I'll link to it. Anyway, it's called Boom Boom, a film from 1936. And I do remember thinking on the weekend or on Monday when I was reading this, I was like, this seems extremely dark, but you are correct to say this is a World War II propaganda thing. It stars Beans the Cat and Porky Pig. It begins with a bunch of explosions, including bombs, bullets, rockets, and fireworks, and many people are immediately rushed into war. And so there's like a lot of explosions. Someone slowly faints and dies, I'm seeing here. Another person who appears to be a dog shoots a machine gun into an abandoned brick house's chimney, which I believe is what we're seeing. A whole bunch of stuff going on here. And then a second section. There's a lot more going on here, but it's, you know, you get it. (laughs) The Porky and Beans segment of this is about infantry. Lots of stuff going on. They go into enemy territory. They encounter a bullet bill. It ends with all three of them survive the crash and are in bed at a hospital. Oh my God. So, uh, so that's good. okay. Bittersweet, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I apologize for how long that was, but it's a long entry. This is the most detailed boot corner we've ever had. This is like maybe a dark path to take, but with like rising international policy tensions and such. Like, do you think we have to be concerned if we start getting like, here's the octonauts like going to war? <laughs> here's Paw Patrol like. I mean, Paw Patrol famously already <laughs> copaganda. Yeah. <laughs> oh god yeah that is a dark so, uh, line of inquiry <laughs> yeah so i don't know just keep an eye on the cartoon see what see what gets pumped out 
Yes, exactly. Exactly. All right. So this episode opens up in the mid 1970s. This is the first time we are seeing Fry's family. I think I don't recall ever seeing his parents prior to this. Yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing. I I don't think it, think so. Very big personality on the mom. I guess both parents have a very yes. big personality. But yeah, they're, they're, they're both great. I feel like we would remember them if we had seen them before. Yes, agreed. Like the so Fry's mother is giving birth to him and she's just listening to the Mets on the radio. <laughs> she's not remotely interested in what's going on. The dad immediately fully formed where it's like push one out for America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also the father is going to say, based on the comment about Fry having red hair, that are you saying mm. my son's a communist? So yes, good stuff there. With the the mom listening to the Mets game on the radio as as Fry is being born. Do you know if there was any like iconic television on the day on the day of your birth? Like, oh, not that I am aware of. No, uh, I was born on a Friday. So, oh, yeah. So was that good bad TV. TV Friday nights? Yeah, uh, no, no. They just yeah push some bad sitcom to Friday nights. Probably. I know that, that I probably told you this at one point. The Simpsons poison puffer fish episode aired the day I was born. So that's, uh-huh. that's exciting. All right. That is good. I also like the fairness of the equity in the marriage between Fry's parents where Fry's dad gets to pick <laughs> his name because the mom picked dinner last night. Yes. And yeah, they named Fry Philip after those screwdrivers. Yes. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> and Yancey is Fry's older brother and Yancey wants to be named Philip and who can blame him? Truly, even Philip <laughs> yeah. a better name than Yancey. <laughs> One of the things I like here is they they give Fry a little like spaceship mm-hmm. baby mobile thing. And I feel like this, again, I mean, I guess we haven't seen a ton of Fry in, in the 2000s. But like, I really like that Fry, everything about Fry in the 2000s was like space related. He wanted to mm-hmm. be an astronaut, all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know, that's that that made me feel nice as like, oh, like yeah. Fry's dream was to go to the future. And now he's like actively living his dream and flying around in spaceships. And, you know, that's very cool. Yeah, I loved this too. And I didn't remember it where all through his childhood, there's like space stuff going on and it's all very sweet. So yeah, I really like it. They're like, until I find a suitable model of an ICBM, you'll have to make do learning to fear this toy (laughs) spaceship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then we come back to the present day, aka the future. (laughs) I like how they engage with that throughout the episode, but (laughs) they're at a horse race and Fry keeps losing and he's constantly just like, uh, yeah, I have terrible luck and I hate this. Yeah, I love, I think it's Hermes is saying, is betting and saying, baby needs a new pair of shoes. And Zoidberg says, to hell with your spoiled baby. I need your shoes. <laughs> yes, it's very good. Your spoiled baby. Very funny. Yeah. Also, the professor says, no fair. You change the outcome by measuring it, which I think is very funny, but they ruin on the Futurama wiki by being like, oh, this is some like science concept. Yeah. The observer well, the... effect. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's that's a classic of like, if you observe particles, they're like both waves and matter. I don't know. Yeah, Again, no, measuring we, a I, particle ultimately causes it to change its position. Yeah, so. right. And and they're measuring the, the end of the race with the quantum. Uh, it, it's a quantum finish, apparently. Yes, they check the electron microscope. Yes. yes. I just think it's a very funny, funny line to be like, oh, like you screwed it up for me because you measured it. Like, I think that's yeah. funny in and of itself. So also funny from Pry where they're like, oh, how'd your horse do? And he's like, I'll let you know when he finishes. Bad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely vibes of Homer betting at the the greyhound racing i feel like do we see other simpsons moments of them betting i guess there's the the jockey episode of course but yeah and then like marge gambling a lot yeah but, yeah um, i guess but... they don't like i feel like they go to tra- the track like sometimes 
Yeah. Maybe I'm also thinking of Kramer betting on, on the races. It's matter doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Okay, great. So anyway, we get introduced to this like right off the bat where Fry is unlucky and he loses all the time. And he says like, I run over black cats that were luckier than me. And yeah, then there's <laughs> a little aside here that I'm realizing I didn't need to bother taking notes on, but it's when they're at the concession stand and everything is made out of horses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, there's a uh, tongue from the horse's mouth, horses mm-hmm. fed with horses for double horse flavor. Again, I think it's Hermes. He asked for her, uh, horse Coke and the guy asked if horse Pepsi is okay. And he says, nay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. My mother also very strongly objects to horse Pepsi being substituted for horse Coke. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Did not. What did she just go like no water or like, okay, I'll take a water if uh, Coke is not available. She always goes, oh. Fine. <laughs> like she makes like yeah. a big scene. <laughs> yeah, I I'm incredibly unbothered by uh, mostly everything other than like tiny minutia that I complain about on this show, probably. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, truly, never in my life have ordered a Coke or a Pepsi. Uh, not for me. Not a cola guy. Never, never ordered a Coke or a Pepsi. I don't like colas, and generally speaking, I just don't like soft drinks. But like, especially yeah. a cola. Like, I'd rather have wow. like like a seven up or something would be my yeah. soft drink of choice, but I actually would pick water like 99% of the time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I was a an insufferable guy, child I'll, I'll... who was like, it's bad for your teeth and sugar is yeah. bad for you. I will drink right. water. And then I like <laughs> had myself. Continue like, that and... attitude into adulthood. <laughs> well, basically by the time I was an adult, I was like, I'd lost the taste for it. <laughs> like, yeah. well, now I'm like, I haven't even like, I'm not of the age where I'm like, yes, this is bad for me. Right. Good. I was just like, yeah, right. it's not not for me, but yes. All right. So Bender sneaks into the stable and drugs like all of the horses, except for the one that he bet. I don't think that this goes anywhere. I think he just wins, right? Like he, he never gets he any wins. Yeah. 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 Funny that all the other horses like are are very sleepy. Uh, Fry's, Fry's horse immediately loses, of course. Mm-hmm. Yes. The winner is Harry Trotter by the entire track. <laughs> right. Topical for 2000. Three, I guess. No, that's only a couple years into Harry Potter. I think so. Maybe like six years. Yeah. 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 I really like the. So normally you might have expected me to get annoyed by the misdirections here, but I really like Fry's last dollar getting blown into the vending machine and then the vending machine doesn't take it and it lands on power lines. And then there's like a million misdirects on how Fry is going to get electrocuted with Mm -hmm. like grabbing a rake and then gets like slightly electrocuted, but it's okay. And then immediately struck by lightning while holding the rake. Yeah, so he falls in a trash can and the guy from the concession stand is like, wow, that is one unlucky guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of reminded me of the Hello Factory. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, that is good. All right, so back in the 1980s, we see that Fry is playing basketball with his brother. And yeah, they both are like, oh, Fry has got his like patented move, the space hook or whatever. And then like mm-hmm. Yancey steals it and he succeeds. And he... anyway, and it's, it's just like a lot of stuff about Yancey constantly stealing from Fry. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> the driving force behind this episode, Fry finds a seven leaf clover on the ground. Mm-hmm. Should we should we dive into your sibling relationships? Have you ever had like, you know, did your siblings ever steal everything that you that you do or copy everything that you do or any sort of like rivalry like this 
they didn't copy me because I was by far the youngest. So it was more mm-hmm. probably me copying them. I think that is a bit unusual about the Yancey Fry thing where like usually right. the younger one is copying the older one. But so maybe it was more me doing that. But like the age gap between me and my many, many siblings spans quite a large <laughs> mm-hmm. number of years. So I definitely hated all of them and thought they were all evil, bad people put there specifically to beat me up. So I <laughs> did not care for them. And that was our relationship for most of my life. But now they're all quite positive. <laughs> That's very similar to my relationship as well, where it's like me and my sister are just very yeah different people growing up and viewed her as an enemy of sorts, <laughs> like growing up. So very... Maybe, I don't know, maybe we were just broken by the the television that we watched in some way, because that's the other common bond between us is we watch the exact same, you and I yes. watch the exact same television. So Raised by TV. Uh, yeah, no, I, on my first day of university, I remember meeting someone and she was like, oh, do you have siblings? And I was like, oh yeah, of course. And told her about my siblings and said something about like, oh, growing up, my brother and I always like fought all the time. Yeah. And she was like, I would never hit my brother. And I was like, okay, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> I mean, uh, hitting, hitting is, I don't know if we ever got to hitting, although there is, this may be my earliest memory, although I, I probably isn't. Me and my sister were like fighting over some toy and like both pulling on, um, pulling on the ends of it. Um, and then I was very clever and decided to just let, let go. go. And she, mm. and she went like bar- barreling into a door and like slightly injured herself. <laughs> and she, she swore revenge on me. She said, I, I won't forget this. And then uh, I made an internal note to be like, I will remember this longer than you. Uh, Constant vigilance. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So probably not my earliest memory because I can't imagine that, you know, your earliest memory is probably like when you're four or five. And I can't imagine that I was like in a physical confrontation as a a four-year-old, but probably a pretty (laughs) early memory since I forced it to to remain in my head. Incredible. Wow. And did you remember yeah. her longer than her? Does she still remember? Oh, well, I can't bring it up because then uh, mind her. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So well, you could just be like, do you remember that thing that you said you would remember? <laughs> yeah, maybe, you know, when we're when we're 80 years old or whatever, we go. you know, you can check in. <laughs> good. good. <laughs> All right. So let's see. Back in the future, Fry is remembering the seven leaf clover. And I guess we should wrap that up where all of a sudden he's like sinking incredible baskets and wins as soon as he finds the clover. So in the future slash present, he's like, I would be doing great if I still had that clover. And he's like, yeah, I hid it in a secret hiding place. whose location I never told anyone, not even Scruffy. (laughs) Yeah. Scruffy's just standing there, but the background just getting called out. Yes. Very implausible that after a thousand years, nothing has changed in this house, but uh, Zoidberg's like, maybe it's still there and they're like yes maybe so that sets off everybody well not everybody fry and leela and bender going to old new york to try to find the clover yes i I noted that the thumbnail for this episode on hulu was the weird wig clown that like drives up next to fry and fry like (laughs) replaces his hair with the wig i thought that was just like such an odd choice for such an iconic episode being like this very weird, creepy character that appears for three seconds. Hilarious. Let me check mine. I'm pretty sure what it was on Disney Plus is like young Fry and his brother. But mm-hmm. let me check. Yeah, for I guess we didn't set this up. Fry is like his hair has been burned off from being electrocuted. And so he like makeup a robot or I guess a wig robot rolls up next to him with a bunch of hair options. Yeah. So the thumbnail on Disney Plus is Fry, teenage Fry holding the breakfast club soundtrack and his clover in the other hand. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think if you don't have the clover in the th- in the thumbnail, yeah, that's a big mess if you if you forget the clover. Yes, agreed. There was a, a funny little throwaway line where they're like, "Oh, right now maybe the clover is like helping an ant feed another ant or helping some piece of dirt turn its luck around." And the professor just like very sweetly goes, "Dirt doesn't need luck." Yeah, I read that down too. That was nice. Yeah, very good. Um, uh, I think yeah, this is they... also probably where we get Bender's full name of. Bender says, you know, bending is my middle name. My full name is, or Bender is my middle name. My full name is Bending Bender Rodriguez. The opposite. Bender Bender Rodriguez. Bender Bending Rodriguez. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And we get that because Fry is like, I'm going to need someone who's good at bending stuff because there might be like bars over the tunnels. He's like, how about you, Leela? (laughs) So yeah. More stuff of Fry being unlucky. He at one point is like trying to stick it to Rudy Giuliani, which like who would have thought he'd still be like even remotely in the public awareness. But this was the uh, anniversary of Four Seasons Total Landscaping, which was a Giuliani classic of them doing their press conference there. You remember that story? Barely. (laughs) (laughs) It was the Trump campaign announced that they were going to have a press conference at the Four Seasons Mm -hmm. and presumably thinking that it was like a nice fancy hotel and it ended up being... (laughs) Four Seasons Total Landscaping, which was like a tiny landscaping business. Hilarious. Uh, I did not remember that. So thank you for that. Yeah, so Fry gets hit by a giant lizard. So (laughs) back in the 80s, they are having a breakdancing battle and Fry is remarkably good at breakdancing. He does the moonwalk, outer space styles, the zero G. His name is Cosmic F. And then Yancey does like exactly the same moves. Yes, the beatboxer is the noticeably F-A-T, dropping yes. a beat. Very good beatboxer. He's able to rewind the tape. It's very, cause... very good. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm so Fry. I'm not as good at it as he is. <laughs> it was Fry's honestly like... not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Fry says like he's going to differentiate himself from Yancey by doing a septuple head spin, and he is able to do it by putting the clover in his headband. Yes, and they all uh, are very impressed. The whole the whole breakdancing thing, like slightly out of place, I guess breakdancing yes. in the 80s in New York is the reason why we're doing this. It was big at the time or something, but like it uh, seems more out of place than like brothers playing basketball or whatever. Yeah. It's like, okay. Break, yeah, and like why uh, is Fry so good at breakdancing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then Yancey's, just, we cut back to the future as Yancey is chasing after Fry trying to get the clover from him. So, yeah, I have in my notes here, they take a spin on the B train to Fry's house. This will give Alex a preview of Brooklyn. So, <laughs> yeah, I loved it. Very, I wrote down very realistic subway wheel squeaks as Bender mm-hmm. operates as the subway car of like sticking his legs to the to the rails and and takes off. And yeah, I don't know what what, you know, folly they did to to capture the the sounds of the wheels, but it sounds just like a New York subway. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Did you recognize any parts of Brooklyn? Like a guy um, with a socialist newsletter that is poorly zeroed. <laughs> <laughs> that is not on my block. Uh, I looked up on the uh, Wikipedia page. I think it said that based on the stop that Bender says where they get off, um, Fry's neighborhood would be Flatbush, I think, which is like a hipstery, like gentrification part of Bro- like mm-hmm. it's like the place where hipsters live who aren't paying a, a ton of money for rent, but are also white hipsters <laughs> of course of course i really liked this flashback here where they get to fry's house and they see it and it looks horrible it's all like crumbling and decayed and then they flash back and it looks exactly the same in the 80s. yeah <laughs> yeah i thought that was good 
Fry's mom completely checked out here. She's like practicing putting in the living room and Fry's like, make him stop trying to steal stuff. And she's like, Yancey, stealing is wrong. Like doesn't even look up. Yeah, very sports obsessed mom. I guess didn't really translate to Fry. Uh, Fry seems to not care too much about sports. Yes, agreed. Yeah, I mean, I guess a little bit basketball, but that seems to be about it. True. But uh, yeah, and Fry's dad is downstairs like stocking the bomb shelter and Fry runs down there and locks Yancey out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and he hides the clover inside the like record vault that he has. And he's like, oh, I'll put it in the Breakfast Club soundtrack. Like, I can't <laughs> wait till I'm old enough to feel ways about stuff. Yeah, I don't know the Breakfast Club soundtrack that well, other than Don't Forget About Me or whatever yeah. the title of the closing song is. There's the very good one where they're dancing on the table. I can't remember what that one's called. <laughs> yeah. It seems like a fine place to hide something, but I guess kind of like a dead giveaway that it's valuable and like in a safe like yes, yes. putting it in the safe alone seems would be uh seems risky yes yeah. the song's called we are not alone didn't look it up just sang it in my head so before nice. we get like a flurry of emails <laughs> <laughs> okay so in the present they go down into the bomb shelter and fry can't get the thing to open the safe to open so better like shakes it open with his structural resonance frequency whatever yeah <laughs> Yeah, just yeah. vibrates it open. Uh, this is where I uh, wrote down they're, they're looking through the contents of the safe. And he says everything else, uh, I think Bender says this, everything else in here held up okay, except except sports by Huey Lewis. And this is this is also where I wanted to reference me not knowing Frigid Spice or, you know. <laughs> Frigid Spice. <laughs> sports by Huey Lewis. All right, hold on, hold on. Certified septuple platinum. Yeah, this made me think, what's the Camp Granada from The Simpsons? <laughs> Who's that? Hello, Mata. Hello, Mata. Yeah. Camp Granada. Alan Sherman? Yeah. All right. 1963 novelty song. <laughs> the children's board game is what comes up before the song. Hmm. Well, either way, I classify both of these jokes as the same joke of a reference to an old album that I didn't understand. That song was selected by the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Ooh. Wh- which yeah. one? Camp Granada. <laughs> no, which which significance? Oh. Culturally, historically, oh. or sonically? What was the third one? Culturally, historically, or aesthetically. <laughs> aesthetically? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Probably not that one. All right. So let's see. I did also think it was funny, and this is such a nothing joke, but Fry's like, I'm going to look in the Breakfast Club soundtrack, and Better says, you mean Breakfast Club sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right so fry is noticing that the clover isn't there and he's like oh yes you must have taken it i don't know why you hated me so much and leela's like trying to reassure him he's like you just never got a chance to say that he actually loved you i'm sure he did you just got frozen and never got to get closure yeah i mean leela seems to be right but from everything that we have seen we did not see any loving moments, but I guess, you know, he just never said it. That's the point. Yeah. And I mean, Fry was only 25. So what do we think Yancey was like 27? So, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, so people are young and silly. But yeah, so then this is where they discover a statue that is clearly of Yancey. And it says Philip J. Fry, the original Martian. And he's wearing the seven leaf clover. And Fry had been kind of about to thaw a bit on his brother. And then it's like, no, he stole my life. He stole my name. He ditched his stupid name and took mine. Mm-hmm. And Bender's like really rubbing it in being like this brave adonis this cadillac of a man <laughs> he was the first person on mars yeah i don't know if i would have uh i mean i guess it depends on what i do with my life but uh people can take my name if somebody if you know <laughs> if somebody like a uh, hundred years from now also claims my name and uh you know go for it 
I guess, yeah, I guess the SEO on podcast of tomorrow will become more difficult, but whatever. I've worked in multiple workplaces where I wasn't the only Lindsay Wilson just in that wow. workplace. So. Damn. <laughs> and Lindsay, not that common in AM. Really, all of us are between 25 and 35 is my yeah. hypothesis. So, but yeah, the Wilson part, it's uh, inevitable. That's quite surprising, so, yeah. Yeah. And my mother one time tried to like look me up on Google Scholar and was like, you know, there are a bunch of Lindsay Wilson's. I was like, yes. <laughs> publishing, uh, publishing papers on Google Scholar. Yeah, exactly. They bring the statue all the way back up from the sewer, which I think is pretty funny. <laughs> uh, and they show it to the professor. And I'm not really sure why they needed to bring it up, to be honest. <laughs> That's funny. I did not notice that at all. Yeah, it's like in the background. It's just in the room. Yeah. But yeah, Fry then says like, my stupid brother stole my dream of going into space and now I'll never get to. And Leela's like, you went this morning for donuts. Like you go all the time. <laughs> yeah. I love this film that they show about the the history of Philip J. Fry. Mm-hmm. Any, any standouts from this for you? A man truly worthy of narration, a feat that mm-hmm. has never been equaled. Yeah, no, I guess not really. Oh, I like that he got mon- got rich just by striking oil in the bathroom of the mansion he won in a lottery (laughs) (laughs) yeah just compounding elements of luck to get richer and richer yeah yes he also had a band called leaf seven yeah known for its memorable hooks yeah so that's what i'm known for (laughs) yeah and i I did love the the closing line of today fry spends most of his most of his time in his grave at the cemetery (laughs) yes yes most of his time yeah, and yeah. he was buried with the seven-leaf clover that will bring him luck in the next life, perhaps some Egyptians believe. Surprise, no one's like broken into the grave, but seem- and I was going to say yeah. maybe there's good security, but seemingly not because Bender is yeah, about to do them. exactly that. <laughs> right. Yeah. So they're going grave robbing and we cut to Yancey's wedding day and he and his family are sort of like sadly reminiscing about Fry, wishing that he was there. And... The mom is like, your brother may be missing, but his crap sure isn't. So like, why don't you go down and look and see if there's any music you can play at your wedding in his little record safe. Yeah, they find a a drawing that Fry made, which is like a child's crayon drawing. And it says Fry age 20. Yeah, (laughs) so it's pretty good. And it's him just like on a spaceship. And it's more of this, like that joke is like obviously silly, but it does work, I think, just knowing that Fry was so into space his whole life. Yeah, Um, it's nice. Yeah, and they say the Breakfast Club soundtrack will clear out the room at the end of the reception, <laughs> and that's when the clover falls out. So Yancey did indeed get it. There we go. Yeah. So they go off to the cemetery. It says you'll never get any closer to heaven. And yet Yancey is buried in the world heroes section. And Fry's like, I yes, should did. be the one in that grave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really love that line. Uh, did you catch any of the heroes in the background, the um, tombs of the heroes in the background? The Tomb of the Unknown Comic and Shaq's Leg are the two I have written yeah. down. Yeah, I only wrote down Shaq's Leg, uh, which I, I like a lot. Yeah, very good. So they find Fry's grave. And like, even for this section, it's a very, very large tombstone. And they're like, he's the original <laughs> Martian. And Fry's like, this is all. He wasn't even named Philip. And he wasn't a Martian. And since when is he a the? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just very bitter about literally everything everything yes hates it but then all of a sudden he finds another inscription and i think this is really well done too where as he's reading it we pull back again and it cuts to yancey and his wife and they've just had a baby and yancey is being like i'm kind of thinking about a name and his wife's like yes do it i know what name you're thinking and so he gives the baby the name philip and gives him the clover and this is when we start feeling things (laughs) yeah very nice yeah i wish I guess talking through this, I wish we saw a little bit more of Yancey being kind to Fry, yeah. but 
Yeah, I mean, I guess the point is that sometimes that like never happens and people can love each other and still like never have a closure or um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like pathos. But yeah, very, very nice. Yeah, it's very sweet. And he says, this clever will help you be successful in whatever you do, even breakdancing. And <laughs> he says, I'm giving you this in honor of my little brother who I miss every day. Very sweet. Yeah. And then I also the framed drawing of fries above the baby's <laughs> crib, which is very cute. Right. Yeah. And then that's where we get the kind of the stinger there where it's like in the inscription says, here lies Philip J. Fry, named for his uncle to carry on his spirit. And then that's where Fry has all these teary eyes and it's kind of ruined by Bender being like, I got his wedding ring. Here's the club. <laughs> right. He's been digging him up in the, at the, as this has been going on. Yeah. Do you think, are you in line for potential niece slash nephew names? Is there going to be a little Lindsay from uh, one of your siblings or? Definitely uh, not. Like I think all of the nieces and nephews have already been born and none of them have my name. So (laughs) (laughs) I think if, if Hazel had had one, maybe I could have gotten a middle name, but she had a, had a boy. So a little Lindsay famously used to be used more commonly for men, but not so much. Not so much these days. (laughs) (laughs) Not so much. Uh, Lindsey Graham, really the only one, and nobody wants to mm, be reminded yeah. of him. So. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, Leela says like Fry needs a moment alone, and actually, now that I'm, I'm going to jump back and say you got the middle name honor in your nephew. Yeah, I did. Uh, although it's Alejandro, so like slightly counts. different, but that still counts. Still counts. Yeah. So anyway, Leela says I think Fry needs a moment alone, and then that's when we get the Breakfast Club. Don't you forget about me. Very sweet. Yes. I can't believe you remembered the my nephew's middle name. Like I barely remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I pay attention when you talk. <laughs> I feel like I just remember when he was born, being like, "Ooh, middle name!" Like you're yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so valued. <laughs> exactly, like Mr. <laughs> Big Shot. <laughs> uh, incredible. Who are the winners and losers of this episode, Alex? I would argue that Fry is the winner of this episode. Oh. I'll give it to Fry as well. Getting closure with his relationship with his brother. That's pretty good. Losers, did anyone die? I mean, Yancey died a long time ago. <laughs> I, can't, I don't think we Phillip can give it to Yancey for like not living a thousand years. Philip yeah. Jr. also dead. Breakfast Club for being criticized. Jockeys yeah, think... for being tranquilized. True. <laughs> yeah, early Fry was the loser and then end of episode Fry is the winner, maybe. Sure. A yes. financial loser, but a, a winner in spirit. Yes. Next week's episode is called The Cyber House Rules. And I think we talked about this a while ago when we thought we were talking about it when we had the order mixed up. But in terms mm-hmm. of broadcast order, this is the one that we're covering. The Cyber House Rules. Oh, boy. Especially embarrassing, given that we apparently talked about this already. I'm not sure we told you, I told you what it was actually about. I think I cut you off and probably deleted it from the recording. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what it's a reference to. It is clearly a reference to something and you shouldn't tell me what it is because that will give me more information i will say that this is like robot fraternity stuff will be my guess so bender focused episode about his friends slash fraternity okay all right well you'll have to tune in next week and see if alex was right or how wrong he is so (laughs) how can people get in touch with us in the meantime uh, yeah, you can email us potoftomorrow at gmail.com. Tell us if you're a beloved uncle or aunt, or if if you're not, if you have a strife with your siblings, give us all the, the juicy gossip. Similarly, you can tweet us juicy gossip at pot of tomorrow on Twitter. Yeah. Realizing you had the wiki open, was there anything else you wanted to add before we sign up? 
there wasn't anything absurd like last week. There was like a no- yet another note about Fry and Leela's relationship. I think the the note was there's like a, a cheek kiss in this episode yes. very early on, which does seem like a little bit more romantic than we have seen in other recent episodes. So they're kind of yeah, like, I think they were a little bit. alluding to the fact that the holophoner stuff happened just like a couple episodes ago in the Parasites episode. And Leela seems to be right. just like, I don't care about you anymore. Yeah. Lindsay, are you doing any other podcasting these days or is uh, Horse Girls and uh, Toucan Birdies out uh, on hold still? We have started recording season three of Toucan Birdie. We are trying to stack them so that we can put them all out without taking another break. So we have started the process. (laughs) None have been released yet, but you can check that out over on BoJack Horsepod. Nice. Great. So with that, we'll see you next week for Cyber House Rules. Bye. Bye.